So I just want to thank you very much for uh, giving me your time. I'll explain. Uh, my name is uh, Radio uh, News, News Truth Radio host Wild Hunt Andy. And uh, I do believe uh, you spoke with Simon about a year and a half ago for News Truth, New, Northeast, Northeast Truth. It's related. Yes, uh, I remember the accent well. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, deep voice he did, yeah. I looked it up, uh, there's a YouTube video and stuff out there, and it was actually very, very interesting. I mean, you were fired up. It was very, very interesting conversation, you know. Now, just to let you know, uh, I, just because, uh, um, well, I'm on air now, okay, I'll put the mic on, if you're okay with that. Sure. I don't know. Uh, okay, okay, good, just to let you know. Thank, thank you very much. Um, and, yeah, I mean... Like I say, I know uh, I'm a complete stranger to you. Uh, that's that's fair enough. I saw uh, your uh, a video of late um, on YouTube where I think you're almost crying, really, uh, very upset with um, obviously the awful state of the world that we're in at the moment. You know. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, I think uh, to I think passion and reason. Uh, there's sort of been been a tradition in Western philosophy, that if you're passionate, you can't be rational. And if you're rational, you have to sort of be pointy-eared, Spock-like, and with a bowl haircut. And that's the only way you can be rational. And I don't really subscribe to that view. I think that uh, uh, emotions um, are not the enemy of reason. In fact, uh, I think that they they shore up and propel. They're sort of like the jet fuel to an argument. But a lot of people, of course, who prefer rational arguments can be uh, can feel that emotions are uh, distracting or manipulative or whatever, but I, it's not my particular approach. Uh, is it? No, no, okay. Hang on. Um, actually, uh, oh, damn it. I had a... Sorry, Stefan. I had... Oh, no problem. Okay, thank you. Um, excuse me for my unprofessional behavior there at the moment. Um, I'm just looking at the... Uh, software that I have. Uh, I've got a PC yes. here, I've got uh, all my bits and pieces, and I've got Sam, yeah. Now, normally, I've got all the buttons pressed okay and stuff. Now, normally, uh, there would be action on the VU, on the VU. Uh, uh, there we are. Okay, yeah. Do you no, need me to do a testing? Uh, no, sir, it's okay. It's okay. Okay, uh, it good. Looks like and it's, it's, sorry, it's my audio coming through, oh. okay? It is now. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. It is now. I, I just wanted to be absolutely sure because I don't actually want to miss a, a word you're saying. Um, oh, I'm recording on this uh, side too. If your Alpha can ship you my recording, if I need. Yeah, no, that that's cool. That's that's okay. Thank you very much. No, um, so you were saying? I think uh, people heard that's good. Rational. God, man. Um, I am a thinker. Uh, I, I'm a deep thinker now myself, and I'm just trying to make head or tail of this and get sort of straight into it. It's like, um, you know, I've done a great deal of research now myself the last five years, Stefan, uh, with regard to, uh, it started, if you like, the rabbit run, uh, with regard to uh, the deceit on the name, uh, law legislation, uh, what the court system is and how courts are operating have been set up uh, based on the um, Deceit on the name, I call it, really, you know, the, the the sovereign bond. And if you can sort of get your head around that and understand banking and what bankers have done for the last 700 years, the banking cabals, then uh, that's shocking enough in itself and causing wars around the world. But um, their end game, I mean, the, the, none of this to me. It, it depends on what you, what, if you could explain what rational, uh, you're, you're right, logical, rational within the sphere of me feeling like I'm a lovely, um, 
I've been raised uh, with love and empathy, sympathy in my heart. Um, I try not to go around. It's just absolutely normal that I wouldn't just go around willy-nilly any given day. Anybody I bump into, uh, injure them, whether emotionally or physically, right? Because it's just not something I do. But um, the outright psycho... psych. psychosis let's say of uh, the tyranny of uh, the, the massive corporation business run just by money and then those who are deemed to put value on it own it and organize everything uh, has never actually been of benefit for mankind worldwide and um, clearly uh, you know I'm, I'm frankly surprised the free and open internet hasn't actually been shut down uh, yet Stefan because um, you know there's a lot of people getting some very good information uh, from the internet, like myself, learning that you can't really be doing that necessarily down at your local library, uh, but uh, and it's an awful lot to be taking in. Uh, you know, um, uh, please uh, step in any any time, Stefan. We're good this end. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you about this. This banking issues are, are absolutely wretched, and you know, one of the, the the terrible things I think about the current system is that there is a tiny minority of human beings who will mm. actually take a knife and slide it through the ribs of another human being. I mean, to do that takes such a degree of, you know, having had a terribly abusive history and, and developed so many terrible habits in your mind and your actions. There's very, very few people who will do that. And if that was required for theft, if that was required for rape and pillage and murder, if that was required for you to actually stand in front of someone and stick a knife in, then we would be almost safe uh, completely in the world. The problem with the current system, as I'm sure you know, is it yeah. it dissolves morality into these very abstract things. So central banks can print money, which is exactly the same as sticking a knife into the ribs of the poor and taking their gold teeth from their children's mouths. As, as heinous a description of theft as you could imagine, yeah. that's exactly what counterfeiting yeah. is. But it's so abstract that you never see the connection. Or when people say, there ought to be a law against X, Y, and Z, and they don't understand that that means that guys in blue will kick in doors and drag screaming people off to imprisonment, they they, they don't see it. And so the the violence gets shipped out and abstracted to the point where, you know, very few people will go and steal someone else's wallet, but if you find, you know, a a 10-pound note uh, on the street, you, you're just going to take it because you can't, you know, it's just, it's not the same. And unfortunately and, and tragically, our system basically is scattering all of this money into the air and people are just grabbing it without really the understanding of where it's coming from, how it's harming people and what the end yes. consequences of this predation is going to be. No. Well, yeah, I'm uh, a 46-year-old single male. I'm not married, don't have any kids, but um, I didn't know any of this when I was, say, you know, 14, 17 years old. Uh, I, I always had inklings. I, I, I felt pushed around like as a slave that I've got to earn money, uh, you know, uh, have a job, earn money, and that there's only certain questions you can ask because I'm always asking questions with regard to, well, why should I do this? Why should I pay taxes? Why should I, you know? Uh, and, uh, yeah. Um, but that's, that's the paradigm that we have. And, you know, I get criticized a lot because people say, well, you know, I'm still into money and I don't understand, you know, the the resource-based economy or the zeitgeist approach and so on. And I'm not into money. I I don't frankly care how the economy gets organized in a free and peaceful society. My only concern fundamentally is let's, 
let's pull the guns out of each other's foreheads. Let's stop sticking guns into each other's faces to get stuff done. Whether what we want done is stopping gays from marrying or whether what we want to get done is helping the poor through the, you know, taxed and indebted and counterfeit violence of the welfare state. Let's just put down the guns and reason with each other about how to solve social problems. But as long as we have, you know, central banking given its monopoly by the state in return for yeah giving the state money to bribe citizens with, as long as we have this system that is founded on violence, and as long as we pretend that we're educating children on a system that is founded in violence, the property taxes extracted by force from parents to pay teachers who can't get fired. I was just thinking the other day, we have the term learning disability, which usually means a kid who's going to get drugged to the effect of shrinking 10% of their brain mass. We don't have a phrase called teaching disability, where the teacher has to get drugged to improve his or her performance, because that's just not how we think. <laughs> And so as long as we can make a commitment to stop using the violence of the state and of laws and the monopoly of fiat currency to try and achieve things in society, you know, we will live in a virtual paradise. But getting people to see this invisible gun in the room, this obvious gun to anyone with the eyes to see, but the invisible gun to those blindfolded by state propaganda in schools, uh, as soon as people see the gun, they'll drop it like a hot potato. But getting them to see it is really hard. Uh, getting them to see it is, is this is the thing, you see. Um, there's just vast swathes of indifferent civil servants uh, 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 putting out these policies, you know, slapping the heads of those down at Occupy uh, movements and not, not asking uh, why. Um, just the general, I mean, there is a lot of good work going on, I think, a lot of people talking uh, down there, but the hidden faces of the uh, riot police down there, um, I mean, how many people are watching these pictures uh, on TV, say in America, and actually just thinking, oh, they're a bunch of rabble. Uh, I, I have no idea why they're taking to the streets. I mean, is that what's going through their head? I mean, my goodness, you know, and that well, I think should so, be dealt because, of course, I mean, the, sorry, the perspective of the middle aged and the old. I just released a video about baby boomers and. The perspective yeah. is, you know, people say, well, the young are just lazy. But I don't really think that's the case at all. I think that what's happened is the young realize that they've been royally screwed, that they, they have been really badly educated. And the education that you and I received was yes. pretty bad, but it's still a lot better than the, quote, education that the young are receiving now. I mean, here in Canada, 50% yeah. of people don't even make it out of high school. And almost everyone who goes to college has to have remedial writing and reading uh, instruction just to bring them up to a vaguely comprehensible level and so they've they've been really badly educated the, they, they, they've they've got massive debts they're facing even like just from the national debt they're facing even more debts should they decide to go to college and if they come out of college there is no single track that they can even be remotely assured of getting any kind of reasonable middle-class lifestyle out of things because the economy has become like this twitching rabid epileptic LSD laced monkey rolling down a barrel on a rocky mountain I mean it's it's it completely insane people can't predict they can't value they can't figure things out and everybody knows that there's this looming tsunami of uh, debt requirements of payoff requirements for the baby boomers retirement and medical bills and so why I mean people lose their incentive when they can't see a way forward when they know that everything that they make is going to be taken from them I mean it's not laziness it's a rational calculation based on uncertainty and dissolution 
Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. Now, uh, and 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 just to uh, state for the record as well, this Saturday, the tenth of December, two thousand and eleven. It's a quarter past eight in Dublin time, which is the location generally, Stefan, that I'm in. Uh, I'm speaking with uh, the the good uh, Stefan Molyneux. Uh, are you in Toronto? Actually, is that where you are in Canada? Uh, I'm. Uh, yeah, somewhere? I'm. I'm near Toronto. Uh, I was actually born in Ireland myself. I was born in Athlone. Oh, right. Uh, but uh, it's and I used to go there every summer as so I lived in in London for my my child most of my childhood. But I would go back every summer to to Athlone where we had a sort of family uh, estate. And uh, ah, it's uh, I mean love the Emerald Isle. So I hope to visit at some point yeah. over the next little while and go back to the old sod. But that's uh, my background. Well, I tell you what, it'd be it'd be great for you to come here because you 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 really needed because uh, from what I can see, people here have either had the the the. Uh, the fire in their heart kicked out of them or, or they're just absolutely dead. The fluoride in the water is working because um, um, I, I would have hoped they'd be a bit more feisty and awake to the very serious problems. Uh, I mean, yes, I mean, people are getting their homes kicked in, their doors, sorry, uh, kicked in and their homes stolen from them from the state. Um, and there are movements uh, in both in the UK and in Ireland that uh, there are groups of people who are fully awake but uh, by by what I mean to that, Stefan, is is the illusion of money. I give debt uh, and all these uh, scripts uh, unveiling in front of you in the House of Commons and, and Europe and stuff like that, these meetings and stuff, uh, no credibility at all. You could say $1 trillion to me. Uh, you could say 23 trillion euros to me <laughs> uh, it is they do they're using these words and it's pointless it's not it's like as if they have actual receipts for that money that it was printed. it's all a baseless uh, rubbish uh, of which in fact though sadly uh, what they are looking to do is to make the entire planet probably pretty well overnight as well a cashless society so it would take only about one or two sure. weeks to just say well okay these are our rules we'll withdraw everything including the american dollar the canadian dollar there um the pound sterling as well no one's getting away from this and of course the euro uh, they're making out that it's just going to the, the euro is introduced to impale uh, if you know you know about the the, the wider new world order plan for one collective government one collective humor no doubt uh, and uh, you know based probably in the united nations in the states even though the states is fully and wholly collapsing uh, these are the moves being made by them and this isn't like 20 or 30 years away this is actually going to be happening pretty soon the mark of the beast the the rfid chip the uh, but also hidden in that. Well, sorry but i, I mean that, i i think that um i mean i think it's important to recognize that that money um, I mean, it's an ancient human institution. It's, it's just a means of facilitating trade. That's all it is. It, it's morally neutral. Yes. You know, it's it's a goal. Yes. So so you don't you don't have to find everyone who has a coincidence of needs. Uh, you just can use some money. I have no problem with that. Letting the government run your money though is completely insane. Uh, and it's like asking David That's Copperfield right. to build your house. All he's got is illusions and tricks and distractions and and fake mirrors and and pretend sores. I mean, it's all ridiculous. Uh, all he can build to you is a deceptive illusion of a house. And the moment you step in it, it comes down like a house of cards, which he then guesses which one you've uh, fell on your face. So uh, th there's a huge difference between money as an organic, natural human institution, which I think is perfectly fine, and people can choose to adopt it or not, depending on their preferences, but, that, but it's nothing to do with, with the government's control of, of money, right. which is entirely right. different, and it is corrupting and is a mess. Now, I think that the, I mean, the euro, of course, is a huge mess at the moment, and 
what's funny to me, I mean, funny, tragic, they keep talking about, you know, we're going to bail out the euro. And, but yeah. it's this fundamental thing. If every single country is in debt, which is the case in Europe, if every single country is in debt, where is the money coming from? It's a basic question that any reasonably intelligent person should ask. It doesn't take a PhD in economics to say, if everything is negative, where are we getting these positives? <laughs> where are we getting this money? And as uh, soon as people yeah, start asking that question, they then tumble down the rabbit hole. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 right on, Stefan. Um, I mean, it always amazes me uh, that even just of late, uh, David Cameron can say things like, you know, he's uh, made a certain amount of billions of pounds uh, available to uh, what is effectively uh, forcing people to, you know, in inverted commas, volunteer for work uh, program. Um, he also made available uh, just prior to Egyptians, the Egyptian government, uh, to basically murder Libyans, uh, 400 million um, just in arms sales alone uh, was supposedly kept quiet, but uh, he was found out to have done that. He's a known arms sales dealer and so is Tony Blair. Um, they create money uh, electronically from nothing. They always did. Uh, however, and sorry, uh, I just wanted to point out that the arms sale thing is 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 unbelievable. I mean, it's something that's really not talked about. I'm glad you brought it up. It's really not talked about a lot of the world stage. The Western democracies, I guess, along with Russia, are, are the biggest arms dealers on the planet. And I mean, if you think about that, I mean, I, I know you have, but I mean, if the audience thinks about that just for a moment, see, we we say we need these governments to protect us from people who would do us harm, and yeah. so. It's like finding out that your local police are arming the mafia, which of course does does happen as well. Um, they well, arm the mafia with money by making drugs and prostitution and gambling illegal, but they also directly arm them at times as well. But if you, I mean, the very first thing that you would want from any protective agency is for them not to be selling arms to potential enemies. I mean, it's just so mad that we all have to become mad to even remotely think of it as sane. I agree with you. I, I totally do. I'm glad you know that uh, because it's like, well, you know, for a, quite a long time now as well, actually, uh, I'm glad that I've got the information that I've got now because I can see clearly, uh, it, although, you know, it's, it's very uncomfortable because basically the, well, even the word democracy uh, is BS. Uh, it's, you know, Republican or, or uh, sovereignty, basically, is, is what it's all about. You uh, being allowed, not asking permission to think for yourself, but just thinking for yourself kind of thing. Um, but democracy it, would be a very easy thing to achieve if we wanted it. I mean, it would actually be a lot easier than the current system we have. It's just that nobody in power would have any interest in that form. of democracy would be very easy. It would be to abolish the monopoly of the state and have the, agent, the state be just another charitable agency. And then people could say, okay, well, I want to help the poor. And so I have the Department of Health and Welfare or wealth and hellfare or whatever you want whatever you want to call yeah. it you have some government agency it's just been privatized and say okay well i can give my money to this local church i can give my money to some charity i can give my money to this ex-government agency and that would be democracy i can give whatever sum i want oh so there's a department of defense that is has one way of of protecting me and maybe there's bob's defense agency that has another way of protecting me so i get to pick and choose that would be democracy which would be to break up the monopoly of the state and have people give money in return uh, for voluntary services either charitably or through exchange and that would be called democracy uh, that would be a true direct dollar democracy uh, but of course that would uh, eliminate the monopoly of type whatever you want into your own bank account predation that uh, so fuels the ruling classes yeah, yeah. Ah, but but the point is behind this uh 
I, I think they're already doing that, Stefan, with regard to private uh, companies. Uh, um, very definitely, the hidden world of uh, uh, where the money goes within um, not just a, say, a US uh, government uh, uh, body for um, defence and talking about... Um, uh, you know, and that's what they always lie on, a uh, national uh, security, national security, everything. But uh, You they, mean sort of uh, the mercenaries, right? Yes, yes. Uh, the the, the right. massive fees of them. Now, you know, they're not doing anything other than uh, basically taking the money, and that money will have strings attached. It's created out of nothing electronically with interest attached. Uh, it's all done on the quiet as well. There's no transparency whatsoever, and that's why uh, most of the, say, uh, Middle Eastern countries, African countries, Eastern European countries, all of them um, end up um, suddenly, boom, boom, there you go. They've got guns. They're not like not from America, but from China. You know, they've got guns, bullets, bombs, uh, airplanes, tanks, everything. Um, and uh, it's not healthy, uh, but it's it's a business. It's business. And as it turns out, um, it's the players right at the very top, Stefan, as you probably well know, you know, they're playing both ends of the game. It doesn't matter how many people die to because they just say so uh, to a number of well, people. Well, I mean, sorry, but the counter, I mean, that may be the case, but the counter argument to that would be that a farmer doesn't kill off his livestock. I mean, the farmer wants to profit from his livestock. And so I think that they need, you know, the serfs out in the fields growing the corn for them to feast on uh, but as, as regards to the mercenaries i think uh, i mean that's not exactly a consumer to business relationship because the war overseas is always um made possible and and requires the war at home first which is to take guns against the citizens and take money from them in order to hand them over to the mercenaries but i think there are three major reasons why you see a drift towards mercenaries in modern warfare the first of course is it allows you to keep a lot of the expenses off book Right, you can take them. You don't have to take them directly out of the defense budget. So that's one of the things that well, helps them hide the costs. Which, sorry, go ahead. That's right, and and, and straight up responsibility as well. Right, you right. Know, so that's the first. So the the second is uh, that um, of course politicians always love to give money to companies in return for um, donations, right, and in return for campaign contributions and so on. It's a basic kiss the ring thing, right? So the more companies yeah. that they can enmesh in the defense budget, the more that they're going to ensure their own re-election through that kind of quid pro quo. But the third, and I think even more sinister, uh, is that, um, uh, I mean, I think it's fair to say that mercenaries are probably a little bit colder towards the domestic population than the military. So one of the problems you have with using the military to quell the domestic population is they all tend to be from the same place, right? So the, the British military comes from, from Britain. And so if you then ask the British military to turn its guns on the British citizens, there's a problem of allegiance there. Uh, and whereas if you have mercenaries from all over the world, you can import them and use them against domestic populations without any sense of uh, fratern uh, fratricide or brother-on-brother -brother violence. Now, that's very important, Stefan, and you know that's exactly what they have done. You know that's what they have done. They certainly have done with regard to uh, changing the names, the faces within even the high echelons of uh, the police services or all the privatized corporations of the police service. And then uh, when, the, I mean, these are not uh, white British men, let's say, uh, or, or, or just British men, let's, let's just say, um, with families. But they're not living people who come from the same sort of cultural loyalties and would have some hesitations no, no. about uh, you know, bringing guns to bear on the people or the culture that they grew up with, for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm just typing in there. Uh, uh, no, uh, they don't. Now, but I mean, that's planning. 
that's that's planning the indifference is there that's right so and i mean their faces are covered they don't have badge numbers no you know they're, they're under eu legislation legislation which no one ever uh, not law just legislation uh, since even started to 74 uh, no one was ever really asked um that uh, for it and they're saying yes i mean maybe in some people's minds they might in the middle classes might actually think that that was the case but it's not the case it's been forced upon everybody uh, in in pretty well every european country uh, italy right now has no politicians in charge it has just bankers in charge not that the last 17 years of uh, dictatorship from Berlusconi was any different anyway uh, he's made his own personal fortune from the pain of the italians uh, and it the, the, you know I, I see it. Well, joining, and so, sorry, uh, but also, uh, but also add that I mean the traditional remedy. I mean, of course, we're going to be facing. Um, I mean, the traditional remedy for uh, a debt uh, is devaluation of the currency. That's you know the traditional remedy, which of course has been rendered impossible by the centralization of the EU. That's the first remedy. Of course, the second remedy that nobody really wants to talk about is war. The second remedy for uh, inflation or for a uh, currency that is teetering on the edge of collapse is to go to war. And that is to distract people from the fiscal malfeasance of the ruling classes. And I think that uh, that's not really possible in Europe anymore because of the advent of nuclear weapons. Uh, war has become functionally impossible. So Europe is facing a very interesting crisis at the moment in that they can't devalue their currency without leaving the euro, uh, or the eurozone, uh, which I think is is a pretty radical step, and nobody really wants to do that because then they have to take their debt with them, and it, it, they will almost immediately get probably a twenty to forty percent lowering of the standard of living. So politicians don't want to do that, so they can't devalue and they can't go to war. It's going to be really fascinating to see if there's a third way, and I think you're right; they are going to attempt some sort of centralization, but even that isn't going to solve the problem because, of course, labor and capital is already fairly centralized as is currency in the EU. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I think there's a possibility for a sort of Death Star run. <laughs> you know, there's one tiny little tube that we could drop that photon torpedo in, you know, which is a rational philosophy around a relaxation of the reins of power because all of the traditional remedies to the uh, increasing fiscal collapse of late democracies, uh, none of those traditional remedies are available at the moment. That's interesting. Okay, but I mean, I, that, that is, I mean, given what I've just told you, though, I mean, uh, that, that, I, I'm sick to the back teeth of saying that there is an inevitability. Uh, I know, because I've done my research, exactly uh, how war, uh, basically one-sided occupations for any uh, given means just open your mouth and say the words it's not you know just make it up it's not uh, real quite frankly and but the war unfortunately uh, say in Afghanistan Iraq twice three four times uh, I've got a list of all the wars here worldwide uh, it, it's not um, brought mankind closer and and but the back end of that purely is one of commerce people dying uh, countries getting ruined generations screwed including radiation for thousands of years uh, based on the success of some kind of financial system. Uh, uh, yes, I mean, that has been the case. Um, I think that the, uh, is it the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds uh, uh, armed wing is NATO. So they've tried, NATO is in bed with uh, and given direction from United Nations. Um, they're not the friend that people think they are. Uh, they're working certainly towards all these people, working towards one central uh, government. But the problems that uh, people are talking about, that people are seeing, including just dying, uh, getting outright murdered right across the... They're all caused by this end. Uh, they haven't just suddenly decided at the beginning of this year to 
start talking about their freedom and sovereignty. It's all been prodded and poked and pricked, you know, uh, uh, financed even, uh, even the occupied. But, but, see, but sorry, uh, but a one world government is, is not any kind of solution, as you and I know, right? But I mean, it's not even a solution for the ruling class. So, I mean, if you look at uh, the, the Eurozone as a step towards a European government, it's actually made things much worse. And so if they were to go to one other level of abstraction and create some sort of separate government around the world, which, I mean, they'd have to exclude the U.S. because the U.S. citizens are just so well armed that they, they really wouldn't, wouldn't go for that. But uh, th if they try to create some sort of one world government, it's a further level of abstraction and it's a further limitation on the wiggle room that each individual country has to escape the results of its bad fiscal policies and its bribing of the general population. So I think that if they were to go to one world government, that would be the last domino to fall, I think, before a free society could emerge. I hope that, you know, we can try and get the arguments in beforehand, but it wouldn't be like it wouldn't be like there'd be one world government and that would be it for human freedom. That would be the last straw of collectivism because uh, it's not like, um, you know, when Russia took over um, uh, Eastern Europe after the during and after the Second World War, uh, that actually accelerated the demise of communism. So the more you expand irrational systems, the shakier they become. And a one world government would be, I think, the fastest way to show how ridiculous and ineffective, evil and destructive this kind of collectivism is. Wow. I could be just yeah. a mindless optimist. I don't know, but <laughs> that's sort of the way that no, I think. I, it. I was just going to say, uh, I was listening very carefully to what you're saying, and that is actually very optimistic. Uh, it, it's, uh, well, it, it knows good. It's good. Look, freedom, um, freedom's going to win. Freedom is going to win. Freedom is going to win. Reason is going to win. Peace is going to win. It absolutely is. I mean, we have the internet. You and I are able to have this amazing conversation, uh, which would have been impossible even 20 years ago. And, um, uh, the evidence is out there. Nobody has any excuse to remain uninformed. Uh, and um, uh, I think that human beings don't want well, something Herman Goering said a long time ago where he said, I mean, look, the average guy on the street, the average farmer in the field, he doesn't want any war. I mean, what's going to happen? He's going to get dragged away from his family and from his business for years. And the best that he can hope for is to return unshattered in body, though he will remain shattered in mind. There's no benefit to the average person for war. And there's no benefit to the average person for inflation. And there's no benefit to the average person for fiat currency. And once we can appeal okay. to people's greed and their self-interest, I think the lies that uh, enslave people will fall away very quickly. Well, I totally see where you're coming from. And I totally agree with what you're saying. Absolutely. But what, what, what I'm seeing here is though uh, it was being a very slow burn, like the, like the frog in a in a boiling pan of water, slow, 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 and he might not realise he's cooking. And this is well, but a I long think the time. heat's getting uh, getting pretty quickly now, right? I mean, if you look at the onrush, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, if you look at the onrush of the eurozone crisis, if you look at the escalation of the deficits uh, just over the past couple of years in America. I mean, it's just astounding. I mean, I think Obama has doubled the deficit in two years. I mean, it's truly staggering how quickly all of this stuff is uh, is coming to a head. And of course, it's a worldwide problem, which should help people realize that it's not the policies of any particular country, but rather the Western system as a whole. You know, this predatory bribocracy we call democracy is simply a system that doesn't work anywhere that it's tried. And of course, it didn't work in ancient Athens. It didn't work in ancient it didn't work in ancient Rome. It hasn't worked anywhere it's been tried. Uh, but unfortunately, the people who failed uh, at making it work tend to be those who help write the history for the next generation to can repeat their mistakes. But the true history of the world, the true reality of the world, the true source of power 
which is propaganda and currency, in my opinion. The true source of power is becoming much more apparent to people. And I think as the system begins to collapse, those of us who've said, it's going to collapse, it's going to collapse, it's going to collapse, it's going to collapse, who've been right all along, I think that there will be an increased avenue uh, to to get our, our message out. And uh, I think that people do want to live in peace. I think people are getting pretty exhausted by this oh, roller coaster okay. of a completely mad economy. No, 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 Stefan, I, I know that. Uh, I, I agree. Again, I agree with you. I, but I know that. But what I'm seeing here is that uh, none of this is but just bad management or just because of greed, right? This is absolute uh, uh, planning to the nth degree, right? And behind this is uh, when I say genocide, the lowering of mankind, um, when they're forcing. Um, it's I mean, it's too late already. If you're not actually awake, and then you, as a parent, you allow a child to be forced to vaccine, say, with squalene into your arm, uh, which in, maybe in the short term or long term will deliver uh, cancer to your very body uh, on purpose. Those, by the way, uh, Stefan, those those um, uh, inserts from GlaxoKline Smith and uh, Baxter, and so can also be found on the internet. It's a known um, policy, but also. Uh, that are other aspects. There are other worrying aspects that bother me, which is the very existence of um, harp weapons, energy directed weapons, uh, in a spot, not just in one spot in Alaska, but uh, uh, all over uh, the world, as it turns out, yes. And those put an imbalance on the whole magnetic system of the Earth. They're controlling the weather, they're controlling the mag magnetic systems, and actually, through those same weapons, an even more sort of advanced localized one with the army, uh, can control your wave, your, your, uh, your way of thinking, you know, yeah. Well, I, yeah, okay, yeah. but but this is what I would say about that. I mean, that's to me, that stuff's kind of far out there. And I say this as a guy who's an atheist and an anarchist and <laughs> fairly far out there. And I don't think that any of that is necessary to convince the general population. And I think what's dangerous about that is it starts to sound a little bit tinfoil hatty. And I'm not putting you in that category. I'm just trying to say that all we need to talk about is the stuff that everyone acknowledges, right? Or, or at least can easily acknowledge that the government has a monopoly on currency and can print whatever they want, that the national debts are, you know, largely fictitious, uh, that money is a debt instrument, that the system can't possibly sustain itself mathematically. All of that can be explained in sort of 10 or 15 minutes. The other stuff uh, is, uh, I think, uh, risky because it requires a large amount of research uh, and it requires a large amount of fact gathering of which there is contradictory information. So I think it's probably better to stick to uh, stuff that everyone agrees with and doesn't sound uh, too unsubstantiated, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I am digging on more research and looking to speak with. Uh, I mean, there are experts out there quite happy to uh, speak as well on, on the harp weapon uh, weaponry. Uh, and I have been on other uh, other places as well, so I, I kind of know where you're coming from with regard to, um, so I hear it quite a lot, you know, stick with the, uh, the stuff that you can deal with and find solutions to, uh, ground-based, yes. Um, and there's a lot of that going on with, with regard to efforts, uh, peaceful efforts, of course, being made in courts uh, all throughout the world, actually, as it turns out, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, America, Ireland, and uh, the UK, anyway. Um, challenges No, I mean, look, to, no, no conspiracies. Right? Of, there are very few conspiracies that would surprise me, uh, you know, if they were proven to be true. I mean, honestly, there are very few conspiracies that would surprise me if they were proven to be true, where I'd say, whoa, 
Okay, maybe if the moon landing was faked. I don't know. But but, but there are very few that, well, no, that I would find to be like, whoa. No, no Stefan. But, but, um, but the thing is that, that I just, I think that um, uh, to, to go further, and, you know, when I hear things like, well, the government's controlling the weather and so on, it may be true. I don't know. I mean, I haven't done the research. But I'm concerned that that sends too many scare signals into people's brains about the credibility whereas if you simply talk about the stuff that everyone knows and can very reasonably i mean if you want to know how the federal reserve goes uh, works you simply go to the federal reserve website you know or read sort of mainstream economic textbooks and they'll tell you all about it whereas if you go into the other stuff whether it's true or not i don't know but i, I am a bit concerned that what it does is that it gives people an excuse to dismiss the credibility of the argument, where because it's not supported by the mainstream, whereas the other stuff we're talking about, it's all supported and, and very openly oh, accepted well. by the mainstream. Uh, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, the, well, it's not talked about. That I means there's a great deal of miss. Uh, possible exceptions maybe being RT on the Sky Network, you know, and uh, press TV out of Iran. Um, you well, know, no, but, but what uh, I mean is, uh, in terms of saying that the, the Federal Reserve, you know, creates money out of nothing and, uh, um, you know, that money is debt and so on, I mean, that's all pretty well explained and understood even in mainstream economic textbooks. So you don't have yes. to go, you know, you can say, and the consequences of that, you know, morally and practically are X, Y, and Z, or if you want to understand why the economy is so bad. But I'm, I'm always concerned about, uh, you know, if we go to stuff that is much more controversial, that is much harder to prove, we end up going back and forth with data rather than sticking to the fundamental moral argument that no human being has the moral might to accept the awesome power of making money up out of thin air without that corrupting their very soul and destroying the economy that they're supposed to be protecting. I think that's, I mean, money, uh, power corrupts and money is the greatest power in the world because it is the source of all other powers. I mean, the source of the king's power was his ability to bestow gifts on others. The source of the government's power is its ability to provide preferential legislation and free money to friends and to punish its enemies. But it all depends upon money. You know, you know whoever has the gold makes the rules. And giving the government a monopoly on creating um, whatever money it wants there's no human being. I mean, you couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I mean, it is Soren's ring. Nobody can wield that and remain uncorrupted. And that's just a power. Well, you almost have to gently take away from people. If you've got, you know, a brother who's a heroin addict, you hopefully can gently take away his heroin from him and get him on some methadone almost as an act of love, even if it might be driven from exasperation and frustration. We have to take this power away from people because we need to stage an intervention on the corruption of this power. We've got to take it away from them. It destroys them. It destroys us. And we need to outgrow it as a species. Well, uh, okay, okay. Because uh, I, I, I do see uh, all this. Uh, I see a planning here. I see where it's going. And I see it's happening very, very quickly. However, uh, I won't step into anything like that uh, with you any further. Uh, what I could ask you is... <coughs> uh, incredibly, I suppose, with all the pictures, uh, even on the BBC with regard to uh, people clearly seeing, uh, you know, what David Cameron is doing, and then maybe they flip off the headlines there and still go and watch TV, uh, like in the UK, uh, Stefan, uh, The X Factor and uh, EastEnders on a Saturday night and stuff like that. I mean, I, I wouldn't uh, even, uh, it's shocking that people might feel that, in reality, you know, on the offset, uh, it'll all work itself out and they're still living in a safe and secure environment but to the ones who are really awake to all this and know uh, uh, 
they they want to change their way of life altogether. What would you suggest? I mean, how how would you suggest someone to basically stop bartering in in their mm-hmm. promissory notes and basically change? Right. Uh, well, and not comply, of course, to to electronically, you know, these these letters coming in, including mortgages, electric bills, gas. I've, you know, just just not step out of altogether, which surely is your right to do without getting harmed from the state for any reason, you know, grow your own. Right. So the question is sort of how how could we affect change? I mean, I think yeah, yeah. the one thing that we need to empirically recognize and understand is the magnitude of the task that we're facing. Um, when I was yes. when I was a young man, or <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm about your age, but when I was a young man, uh, first getting into this stuff around the age of uh, 16 or so, uh, I was very enthusiastic about the capacity of reason and evidence to change people's minds. I was, <laughs> I was touchingly naive and optimistic about it. And um, I remember it sort of reminded me of something that Leonard Peikoff said. He was sort of a, a friend of Ayn Rand's uh, and he said, you know, within a year of the publication of Atlas Shrugged, all of these economic controls are going to be removed because the arguments are so compelling that Ayn Rand is making and so on. And I agree, the arguments are compelling, but I was so touchingly optimistic about the degree to which when people are presented with the evidence that two and two make four, they'll say, ha, huh, I guess you're right, two and two makes four. But the reality is, after doing this stuff for 30 years or so, that um, uh, the, the historical reality and the reality that I have experienced is that people prefer destruction to change. And it's a, it's a chilling reality. So in the, uh, you know, if you look at the lead up to World War II, which was evident for, you could, you could argue, sort of 12 to 14 years or more before it started, um, the people did not take the steps necessary to avoid that kind of conflict. Uh, I've spent 30 years talking to people about basic reason and evidence and and philosophy, and the number of people who've actually changed their minds within my personal circle, I wouldn't even want to tell you the number, but it looks quite a bit like the inside of a bagel. And so uh, the reality is that you and I know that if people don't challenge the status quo, if they don't think for themselves, if they don't start standing up for what is right and what is peaceful and what is voluntary and what is moral, that we are going to go through an extreme excrement blender at very high speed and there are going to be disastrous social consequences for literally hundreds of millions of people and i don't know if people don't believe that's going to happen uh, it's sort of like the denial of the drunk who's got a diseased liver you know oh, i'm sure it's you know it's going to clear up it's going to be fine it's just a cramp you know uh, i don't know if people don't think it's going to happen but the reality is that what we're facing is a society where people would rather lose their life savings they would rather you know face uh, incarceration through unjust laws. They would rather uh, look at the value of their homes get wiped out. They would rather be, be threatened with interruptions in their food supply. They would rather all of this rather than basically look at the facts and think for themselves. So it's a huge, huge task. I've got some other ideas, but I sort of wanted to give you a chance no. to, to let me know what you thought about that. No, uh, th- thank you, Stefan. Uh, uh, that, that's that, that's how I see it. it. It's to me from where I'm looking. It, it, it's it's stunning to me. It's it's in fact you worded it very well. I mean, my goodness. Now, it, would you say that's a form of uh, uh, is it Stockholm syndrome, whereby you are actually kidnapped, and uh, over time you actually grow a liking to your kidnappers and and grow used to that whole situation. You're basically weaned like a cow uh, away from your parents, away from your your real life, uh, stolen, 
and uh, you your mind somehow uh, does forget uh, that you know. Uh, do, do you see what I mean? Very sick. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's. Uh, I think there's an that's an element of that to it. Um, I've done a series on YouTube called "The Bomb in the Brain," uh, which people can get to at um, uh, fdrurl.com forward slash bib, which is a scientific analysis and uh, an interview with a subject matter expert, Dr. Vincent Felitti, uh, which basically talks about. I mean, reason is our basic human birthright. Uh, I am a stay-at-home dad to a delightful daughter who's now three, almost three years old, and she is a glowingly rational and delightful and conceptual and wonderful human being. That is her birthright. And I, you know, I'm, I'm never going to teach her my conclusions. I'm going to teach her not what to think, but rather how to think, because to teach her my conclusions would be to say that I am incapable of error, which is completely not the case. And so uh, reason is our human birthright, but reason requires that we grow up in a situation of, of peace and of respect and yes. consideration and that we are not indoctrinated, that we are not bullied, that we are not yelled at, that we are not spanked, that we are not hit at, that we are not dumped into these brain-mashing uh, shredders of, of human decency called public schools. Yes. It requires that we live in a free and peaceful state, and that is the natural development of humanity. You know, like um, uh, there are these um, tribes in Africa where they, they put these hoops on women's necks to make them like giraffes. They make them incredibly yeah. tall. That's and, and what happens then is they no longer can even support their own necks without these hoops because they've become too long and the, the muscles have become too flaccid to allow for that. And that's what happens to kids. We, we, we prop them up with all of this ridiculous propaganda, whether it's about the state or nationalism or the bloody sports teams or... Uh, religion or whatever it is, some superstition, uh, the collective of pride uh, in, in the in the collective or the group, and they end up not developing the natural muscles of rationality. They atrophy or they're they're they're. I mean, you can see this in the brain. It physically changes the brain to receive this kind of indoctrination, and you end up with a heightened fight or flight mechanism. You end up with a shrunken neofrontal cortex, which is your seat of reasoning. So people have become somewhat incapable of reasoning because of the results of traumas and deceptions from their childhood onwards. So it's like asking those women in 19th century China who had that foot bound, you know, where their feet would get violently curled over months or years into their own heels. It was sort of a process that went on. It's like asking those women to run a marathon. Well, they have uh -huh. their physiology has been too distorted to allow them to do that. And for the most part, uh, human beings lack that muscle of rationality and we we simply need to find ways to to bring it to them and um, there's two ways to do that I mean there's the carrot and there's the stick you'll be happier if you're rational and the stick is if you're not rational if you continue to support a system that is marching us off a cliff to our own demise then I can't associate with you as a human being if I'm uh, against racism at some point I have to stop hanging out with people who cheer every time the KKK come to town and send them money and think that they're the most wonderful thing in the world if I'm a Jew at some point I gotta cut the Nazis out of my life and so I think that there's a stick which is you know join me in the path to reason to be a happy human being uh, that sorry that's the carrot but there's also a stick which is you know um, uh, if you are cheering these evil people I don't know how I can have a virtuous relationship with you. That's sort of the approach that I take, and um, it's certainly been effective in my own life. I think the best, that's the best we can do. Uh, yes, it is. these are big problems, actually. Yeah, just two, uh, two more questions. What I was going to say, would you say that, um, uh, I mean, obviously, I think the logical, sensible way forward would be for people who are like-minded, who are wide awake, who do hold the same values as in what you said, uh, 
that they don't rah 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 the new world order or anything so even close to related to it or money uh, that they could get together in communities together and not just stay individual apart spread uh, in uh, over the world even but like um, I think it's uh, Robert Arthur Menard is getting a you know free a global freeman movement uh, together. And others in the U- yeah, no, the seasteaders have just, I think, started to sign some agreements with some countries in South America to end up with uh, zones free of regulation that they hope to be able to gather people together in. Um, yeah, there are some movements wait, for that for sure. Wait, wait, I think that's uh, just say that again. The seasteaders. Yeah, the seasteaders, and my understanding is the latest that I've read is that the seasteading movement has has abandoned the idea. I think of building these these. Um, uh, these uh, big floating flotillas sort of off off the coast of, of a country. And instead what they're doing is they've made arrangements. Uh, Uruguay comes to mind, but I'm, I'm not positive of the uh, of the city, uh, of the countries where they have said, okay, we're going to give you some money, we're going to get this land, and you're going to exempt us from laws and regulations, and we're going to set up a voluntary community in these areas. And um, uh, it's Patrick Friedman that you people can look up uh, to to find out more about this. Um, I think that stuff's all fascinating, and I, you know, I can't wait to go visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're so uh, quick. You're you're speaking so quickly. You're throwing. Um, it, it's great. But uh, did you say Patrick Friedman? A uh, Patry. It's P A T R I. A Friedman. F R I E D M A N. He's the grandson of uh, Milton Friedman, of course, the famous uh, free market economist. They had no, because that's news to me. That's interesting to me. Seasteaders, uh, and they, they well, in some South American country, they already what were, were arranging boats and ships of big, big ones. No, they they're actually getting land where they are going. To, they're arranging to get land where they're exempt from. Uh, the local state, basically. They're setting up sort of free zones uh, and are going to try and entice people to come down. And listen, uh, can I ask you uh, another... Let me, you know what, let me just, uh, I'm going to just uh, just check that out because uh, I just read this, so let me just... Um... That's interesting. That's okay. We've got, we got guys here, not too many, mind, uh, mind you. Hello, while you're doing that, I'll say you're listening to News Truth Radio uh, out of uh, the UK. It's Saturday the 10th of December 2011. Uh, you're with uh, radio host Wild Hunt Andy. And on this uh, early Saturday evening, just coming on to 5 to 9 now, uh, I'm speaking live with uh, Stefan Molyneux uh, from Canada. And uh, he's graciously... And I am the host of Free Domain Radio at freedomainradio.com. Oh, of course. Um, please, yeah, of course. Freedomainradio.com, is it? Yes. Freedomainradio.com, that's right. We are the largest philosophy show in the world. Um I guess a little over 30 million downloads now. And, um, oh, really? Yeah. Yes, that's, I uh, see. That's the deal. That's fantastic. You're a heck of a talker. It's fantastic. Have you been doing yeah. this for 30 years? Occasionally I stop for breath, but not too often. Yeah, it's fantastic. Have you been doing this for like, well, wow, yeah, it's a lifetime, isn't it, really, basically? Well, yeah, I've sort of been full-time for a couple of years. Uh, I did it part-time before. I used to be a software guy. Uh, I used to be a software executive and entrepreneur for about 15 years, and um uh, studied at um, a bunch of different colleges, uh, got my master's in history, and um, also wrote some novels and plays. I went to the National Theatre School when I was younger. So a bit of an eclectic background, but it's all seemed to have come together for this. Um, no, very good. But yes, it has, yeah, for this time, and me too. Uh, and like I said, I'm actually very pleased to be here uh, at News Truth Radio and, and to have the opportunity to find people like yourself, Stefan, and then just go ahead there and uh, contact and talk about some very uh, serious matters, you know. Uh, at this time. Um, what I wanted to ask you is, uh, have you done uh, like presentations in schools and stuff like that ever? Do you ever go out? And- I have. Um, I've done presentations to, I guess, a college class. Um, I've done presentations at the Students for Liberty 
uh, festival sort of uh, just just speeches. Mm. Um, and uh, but no, I don't regularly go to schools. I mean, I think that the, the the introduction to I mean, what I'm really fundamentally most interested in is just philosophy and everything that radiates out from that sort of central light source. And introducing people to philosophy is more than just a sort of dip in kind of presentation. Uh, so I like I have a whole introduction to philosophy series, an 18 part series on on YouTube and on my podcast feed. And um, so, but what I'm, you know, what I'd like to do, what I'd like to work on is a, is a documentary that, you know, is, is going to be uh, uh, um, uh, interesting and engaging and funny and, and stimulate people to think, uh, because then, of course, you get 90 to 120 minutes to really make your case uh, with lots of visuals and music and yeah, <laughs> all that kind of funky stuff. So I've done some of that. Mostly what I do when I'm out and about, though, is um, I talk at uh, libertarian conferences. Um, of course, that's something that I have a lot of affinity for. So... I've probably spoken at 10 or 20 of those over the past couple of years. And uh, I was just the master of ceremonies and the opening and closing speaker at the Libertopia Festival. Uh, I try to make it out to the Porcupine Freedom Festival every summer in New Hampshire. That's Porkfest. Uh, there's Liberty Festival in, in New Hampshire as well. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I sort of try and make it. I love doing speeches and, and talking to, especially getting Q&A from the audience, I find enormously enjoyable. So that's sort of what I do when I, uh, I'm i not uh, yelling at the Internet at home. No, great. Thank you. No, the reason why I ask it, uh, I've done a lot of teaching English as a foreign language uh, in my younger year when I was more fitter and uh, really up for it. And it, it went over a long period of time. And I really did enjoy that. I was always uh, in the subject matter that trying to sort of in a subtle way. I didn't know any of this uh, fact at the time, but actually I was talking about United Nations and the, the corporations and uh, and uh, arms sales uh, in certain ways, just getting to getting the children to know that these corporations exist. Uh, and at the time, in fact, I think I might have even tried to paste the United Nations as a collective good. Uh, which I hmm. ch have changed my mind on that now. But uh, the, do you know what I was getting at? Is that, um, uh, well, okay, uh, the other day there, I was talking with a lovely girl of just 14 years of age live on this radio station, and she was actually very, very mature for her age. Um, her mother had homeschooled her. Uh, but with regard to the issues, we were actually talking about some very serious, heavy issues. And I always distinctly remember actually around about the age of 13 or 14 in my secondary school when I was a lot younger there, um, some uh, geography teacher also was telling us about the nuclear bomb. And uh, I, I do remember my, I never forget the feeling that came over me of disheartenment and great apathy at that age, thinking, my God, you know, at that time. And I think what I'm trying to say is if you had... Uh, obviously, a three-year-old, it's not too difficult at the moment to sort of slowly, you know, tell her what's a, who's a good man, who's a bad man, or this, you know, this this, this kind of thing. But um, how, do you, how do you approach, like, uh, I think you've kind of answered my question already. You, you know, it depends. You don't, uh, you know, you know, you kind of subtle, more subtle with approaching the, the very serious nature of what a war is and who's actually doing it. And there's not, not trying to obviously qualify the why because there's no absolute logic at all as to why other than mm. money and commerce. Yeah, it is. You know, it's um, when I was uh, when I was a young man, I went out with a couple of women, not for any intellectual attributes, but because I was shallow and only for their physical attributes. And yeah. I very quickly became embarrassed by them. And, um, uh, oh, intimidated, maybe? So, 
No, no, I just, uh, you know, they would just say stuff that was dumb because uh, they were dumb but pretty and I was only going out with them for their looks because I was a young, shallow man and I, it's forgivable in a young man, I'm sure. But, uh, but, but I was sort of embarrassed by them and I've sort of been reminded of that when I start to think about how am I going to introduce the world to my daughter because, frankly, I'm kind of embarrassed by the world. Uh, I mean, how am I going to explain to my daughter war? Yeah. How am I going to explain to my daughter how much debt she's in just by drawing breath and living in this geographical location. How am I going to explain how the school system works? Yeah. Uh, and, and at the same time say, don't use force to take another kid's lunch money. I mean, how am I going to explain superstition? How am I going to explain irrationality? How am I going to explain child abuse? How am I going to explain murder? How am the world is an embarrassing thing to introduce to your daughter, and it doesn't even have the... Um, <laughs> the the positive attribute of being very good looking uh so uh, yeah. Uh, yeah i don't know i mean i i'm i'm just embarrassed to introduce the the rest of the human race to, for the most part to my daughter and uh, i'll just have to find some way to do that in as positive ways as, as i can um thank you stefan actually um i've just got in uh, there's a listener on the chat box okay from uh, com, and he's asked um uh, do you have an opinion at all on the libertarian alliance attack on the freeman movement uh, or if you know anything about that to be honest i uh, don't personally know anything about that this is the libertarian alliance is a blog that i can pop it through to you um uh yeah i mean you you see these eruptions from time to time in the libertarian landscape um, Sigmund Freud called it the narcissism of small differences. Um, I, you know, I, I have criticisms of political action. Uh, people have criticisms of my approach about uh, bringing uh, freedom and peace to your personal relationships. There's lots of people who have disagreements about how to achieve, um, how to achieve freedom. My particular approach is, and I've always said this, you know, if, uh, I, I've made my arguments against the value of political action. If people don't agree with me, of course, that could be wrong. They're perfectly free to disagree with me. I don't claim to have a monopoly on the only sure railroad track to a free and peaceful future. But all I ask is that people throw themselves 150% into whatever it is that they're doing. There's nothing that brings you closure to a failed endeavor than giving it your all. That's the best way to to get out of things that aren't going to work. So, so yeah, I think people should give it their all. And I think that, you know, sort of sniping at each other about the ways to achieve it, you know, make rational arguments, make your best case, uh, and and then, you know, encourage people to give everything they've got to whatever course they're pursuing. And, you know, all, all that I ask for people is that, you know, of course, of course, the big Ron Paul thing is going on in the U.S. at the moment, which is consuming the majority of libertarian efforts, I think. You know, just just follow the evidence, follow the empiricism. Does it work? Does it achieve what you want it to achieve? And if not, then start looking for alternatives. That's my only suggestion. So, no, I don't know much about that particular disagreement. I'm not really up on the ins and outs of the politics of the libertarian communities. But um, I think that we should encourage each other to pursue our best case and best goals, but be strict with each other about the evidence of what works and what doesn't. Uh, uh, okay, I just thought of some because uh, I don't know because I just met you, uh, Stefan, uh, mm. and I do appreciate you. I do. That's clear what you just said. That's that's good. Uh, but um, what, what, of course, there is. I I'm aware of an organisation, say in the UK. Uh, maybe you're not aware of it. Uh, called Demos.co.uk is their website. Demos, and uh, basically. It is the um, corporation of the United Kingdom government uh, that it, it, out with of the farce that continues on down in the Parliament and the House of Lords on a daily basis. Um, they have a website that shows uh, their white papers of which they force policy uh, upon the schools 
excuse me, I, I, I've just eaten a meal now this evening. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Burrito freedom! Sorry, go on. Sorry. Uh, well, well, one of the documents in there, are, I must pull it up, I don't have it in front of me, but it's a, a, a conspiracy theories paper, a white paper on uh, uh, the incredibleness of conspiracy theories or so. And uh, what I'm getting at is that uh, uh, this freeman of the land uh, and free men uh, or sovereignty, as far as I can see, it's not, uh, it's very, very important for people to know. It's not an idealism and it's not a fantasy. It's not just an effort being made, uh, plucked out of nowhere. All of it, the reality of jurisdiction, say, of the state over a, a living uh, human uh, being, sentient being, you should say, as the, the trickery that's been forced all around us, even with legalese, um, is very, very real. I mean, you know, uh, so... Uh, I mean, I don't really know much about libertarian now myself. I just know that uh, with regard to people who are making efforts to protect themselves against the state based on their turning. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, you can't. I mean, the, pra the practical reality is you cannot protect yourself again. They've got all the guns in the world. They've got aircraft carriers, nuclear weapons, weapons of mass destruction. They've got satellites, lasers. I mean, you can't. I mean, there's such an overwhelming force. You know, ba back in the day, right, I mean, you, you could have a peasant uprising and take on a couple of nights, but this nothing. I mean, you can't. And that's you, you can't win a battle against violence by using violence. You can use violence in an extremity of self-defense. I think that's morally defensible and perfectly right. But it's simply suicide to go up against the state. It's, it's not going to solve anything. What we need to do is recognize and trust in the, the basic virtue and the basic decency of our fellow men and our fellow women, that everybody who is sane, and it is the vast majority of the population, will reject violence once they see it. Once they see the violence, they will reject the violence. You know, the, the purpose of, of philosophy, the purpose of what we're doing, my friend, is to open the sandwich that everyone is, thinks is filled with delicious meat and veggies and, and, and Dijon mustard and mayonnaise, to open it up and say, hey, look, there's a worm in your sandwich. And then as soon as you say, look, there's a worm in your sandwich, people are going to like, man, I'm not going to eat that. Ew, that's gross. But of course, if it's mixed in with all the other tastes, people may never notice. So our, we just all we're doing is opening the sandwich and say, look, there's a worm in it, and there's some spit in it, and there's a little piece of fecal matter in it too. So don't eat that. All we have to do is keep pointing out, as Monty Python says, the violence inherent in the system. All we have to do is keep pointing out taxation is violence. Fiat currency is violence. Uh, uh, laws are violence. Incarceration is violence. Uh, the war against drugs is a war against people. Education, as we call it, is indoctrination fueled by violence. All we have to do is keep pointing out the worm in the sandwich and people will put it down of their own accord. We don't need to go to war against the chef. Oh dear, I took the metaphor one step too far, but I hope that makes sense. No, no, that, that, that's good. Thank you. And thank you, Peter, for dropping in these uh, uh, interesting angles and points uh, in, in the chat box there at uh, News Truth. Um, Stefan, what was I going to say? Uh, yes, because you named it. But the point is, I've been aware of this for a long time. Uh, there's a, 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 I would like to think hundreds of thousands, actually, of very good, peaceful, stand-up guys who full well know of their, uh, they don't have to be told about their sovereign uh, 
all common law, natural, inherent, God-given right to uh, protect yourself. If someone's going to come up and slap you in the face, you're going to protect yourself. Uh, you know, you don't actually turn the other cheek. Now, if you know that, but still remain peaceful, but then say, go to a court or, or, or in fact, you know, you're taken in chains to a court uh, and upon lies and deceit, uh, the judge therein is in fact just going to uh, completely ignore the fact that you're there under duress anyway and will keep you in fear of uh, being incarcerated for even the slightest matter, um, including the fact that they've got um, FEMA camps, uh, just as Alex Jones at least four years ago was saying, all set up and ready within the United States to have army soldiers U.S. Army soldiers have a gu at gunpoint put right, but but it's I, I think it's irresponsible to go and get yourself arrested uh, at the moment. I mean, not you, but anyone, because that's not how the system is 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 going to be. Because if you get yourself arrested and the majority of people think that you're some disruptor and some antisocial element, then they'll be like, well, good, I'm glad that they got this crazy guy arrested. I mean, it's not going to do anything to change the minds of the general population if they believe that your arrest is justified. And to me, I look at it like if you are a doctor in a time of plague and you're one of the few people who can actually cure people those who are willing to be to be cured of this this plague called irrationality then it's not a reasonable thing for you it's not just and fair and good thing for you to do to get yourself arrested because that just means that you are not out there treating people uh, so i think that it's important to stay free uh, give them their money give, i mean give them who cares who cares Give them their money. The important thing is we speak the truth and build a, a peaceful future. Let them have the present. Let them have some money. Obey. It, it doesn't matter because our focus is on the future. It's on what we can lead human beings to, not you know the fact that we've got to throw a few dollars on our side to keep the jackals at bay. Forget that. Let's just keep marching forward and let's not try and beat the state on its own terms, which is to say that we are going to start using violence because they're much better at it. They've got much more experience with it. They've got way more guns and the population will be programmed to cheer uh, our arrest and incarceration. So it will do nothing uh, of any good and only take us out of a necessary um, uh, uh, avenue of, of um, healing that we need, that where we need to be. I mean, I do see that. It, it, it makes a certain sense. But um, there might be, it's almost as if people, you know, Stefan, you're saying, you're suggesting that people might actually have a choice here against a serious uh, extremism and terrorism of, of the corporation of the United Kingdom and American governments. But uh, really, if, if you can keep the wolf at the door, that's right, and, and pay your bills, if you can, there may be, mind you, it's entirely your choice if you don't want to as well, you know. Uh, yeah. it's, it's not it's not immoral yeah. uh, it's 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 just uh, I think it's impractical and uh, I think that it's more driven by I would say psychological factors around a hatred of authority rather than a rational plan for achieving freedom uh, uh, oh that's interesting well um, it's it's well in, in, in given what you just said I mean would you suggest uh, uh, that there should be some authority at all in fact you know that well i mean an anarchism i mean I, I don't like to call myself an anarchist because that's a conclusion i mean any more than a biologist likes to call himself an evolutionist i mean it's just part of the discipline but uh we should not have a monopoly of force in society there should not be two moral categories of human beings the moral category called a citizen who is expressly forbidden from initiating the use of force to achieve his goals, and then those called the, the masters, who are 
uh, not only is it allowed, it's encouraged and moral for them to initiate the use of force to achieve their goals. These two categories of human beings, I mean, it's, it's logically wrong, it's biologically wrong, it's philosophically wrong, it's morally wrong, and wrongness breeds disaster. I mean, if you try and build a bridge using the wrong calculations, your bridge is going to fall down or it's going to be way over-engineered and wasteful. Error breeds disaster. And this is fundamentally two moral categories of people, those on the one side of the political firewall and those on the other side of the political firewall when there's no biological... We're not two different species. We don't have one rock that falls down and one rock that falls up. And we can't have one species of human beings who must subjugate themselves to force and never use it. And another uh, group of human beings who must always use force and never subjugate themselves. I mean, this is just a category error as far as philosophy and biology and morality goes. And as long as we continue to believe that there are these two worlds of human beings not able to use force, must use force, we're going to forever have these disastrous and corrupt people on both sides of the equation. Uh, yeah, but the constructs, uh, the, 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 the terminology you just used, just let you know, in, in case you may not know, I'm sure you do know, but uh, the word master and citizen are constructs of the whole commercial entity based on the uh, alleged trust yeah that exists on the bond on the name and admiralty ucc uh now therein in the equation is there's a you know there was at one time habeas corpus a piece of legislation uh, stating that you shouldn't be in prison because that's the body uh, there is a separation between uh, the fictional name and the body uh within law and legislation now it's it's that uh it's not fantasy, it's all completely based on fact. Uh, when freemen talk about being a free man and sovereignty, so sovereigns talk about being a sovereign, um, they're just clearly stating, uh, and uh, most of the people I know are very, very articulate anyway, in stating, uh, I am not uh, a, a civilian, um, I'm not... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a tax cattle. No, yeah, I got not. It. I mean, and and you're not. Absolutely, citizen is a fiction. It's a pair of imaginary manacles backed up by the threat of force. Uh, so I, I agree with all of that. I mean, it, to me, it's just around a strategy of change. We have to change people's minds. Uh, you know, standing up to guns when everyone's cheering those holding the guns uh, doesn't achieve anything other than reinforce people's belief that we need people with guns. Oh, look, there are all these antisocial elements being arrested. My goodness, I'm so glad we have these police. I mean, you're simply playing into the game. I mean, don't do that. Strike to the root of evil, which is the philosophy which justifies it. Yeah, that actually, um, I mean... I and many others in the UK had, had long, like two years prior, uh, predicted those riots, which is, uh, I think, uh, given civil unrest, is 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 nothing. Oh, and there'll be many more to come. Yes, and worse, I, I think so. But you you can see that that was um, what sad and disappointing for the folk there, uh, and even a stand back from the police, all man technical maneuvers to allow for uh, actually sniper rifles to be pointed at the public. Now, actually, uh, Stefan, in case you missed that. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Theresa May uh, and um, uh, or oh, a Bilderberger, um, Kenneth, Kenneth Clark. Topic of Bilderberger just happens to be uh, the Justice Secretary of the United Kingdom uh, 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 Corporation of Government, uh, profit-making government, and uh, so they've now stated that uh, the next set of uh, civil unrest in the UK, which they just can't wait for, uh, they will be using, you know like Israeli rubber bullets, they say, coming out of uh, rifles and guns, as if that's going to be just a tad safer than your, your full-on full metal jacket bullet. But, you know, it, but it, it's ridiculous. Um, and because of the extremities of the poverty, all based on this fictional uh, monetary pinch, 
that's uh, going around because it's all fantasy uh, but a great deal of people actually believe in all this uh, that we know when they say two, 23 trillion that somehow someone's got books and receipts of that you know it's just beyond absurd but th th this is uh, they're unfolding these scripts in front of people's faces and they're um trying to make out that they're trying desperately to do something good for the people um of the world when really uh yeah, full-on market crash and desperate uh, people uh, looking for food because, you know, the, the uh, complete breakdown of society. Uh, at the very top, Stefan, you know, none of this is by accident. It's shocking beyond belief, uh, but none of this actually, as it turns out, is by accident at all because it, the, the more... Um, well, I don't know. I, I'm more of a sort of a negative. I'm just looking... I'm outraged by it. I'm disgusted by it. Uh, uh, but you would say... Uh, that what I like to think is that the persistence and the efforts of on every day of the people who, who I know in my groups and stuff and who are woken up and uh, that their persistence and even the higher echelon stuff and you know there must be loads of other people stepping forward um, in higher places within I know governments and uh, medical scenarios and stuff like that going oh no 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 way uh, and trying to sort of uh, whistleblow you know tell the truth get the truth of what's really going on out there. I know there are. Um, that's courageous. That's That gives me heart, yeah, doesn't it, you know? Yeah, and look, I mean, there's no inevitabilities in history. I mean, it, history comes down to the dedication, integrity, passion, and actions of, of discrete individuals. And when you have the majority of humanity's ethics on your side, when you have truth and reason and increasing evidence from the existing disasters on your side, that is about the best place from which to fight that you could ever hope for as an activist and uh, you know if we can't win this fight um it'll be nobody's fault but our own because we have um, unprecedented communications tools like this conversation yeah um we have information available to everyone we have the majority of of peaceful humanity on our side we have truth reason evidence passion clarity conviction and so if we can't win uh, you know, we few, we sometimes happy, sometimes unhappy few upon whom this mantle has to some degree fallen. Uh, if we can't win, then um, humanity as a whole deserves to lose because I think that we are the best hope for the future. And so I think that we cannot give in to despair because that is going to create a self-fulfilling prophecy of the slide to totalitarianism. Oh, that's very hopeful, Stefan. Uh, what I'll try and do is... Um uh, uh so i'll try to um I, i'm kind of there's early stages yet at this uh, new, uh well uh, nor, uh, uh news news truth radio i'll try and upload this podcast uh no doubt i know it's good you're, you're making recording your end oh if would you be kind enough to um on your website where do you think is valuable to put this up as a podcast and uh, oh certainly no question yeah absolutely kind of you thank you and all right uh, uh well, listen for my listeners too can you just give your your website again uh, yeah, new, News Truth Radio. There's two, the newstruthradio.com, or there's actually a site with a, a nice chat box in it and a lot of information uh, that you can learn from, and that's northetruth.ning.com. So that's uh, N-O-R-T-H and then E, all one word, T-R-U-T-H dot Ning.com, northetruth.ning.com as well. Thank you, Stefan. Uh, Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And people can check out my work at freedomainradio.com. Freedomainradio.com, that's right. And, and like I said, uh, I, I really appreciate that. I know, you know, um, giving me your time to a complete stranger because I, I, it uh, actually has lifted me up. It, it, it's very positive and maybe we should do it again sometime. If, if you could. Victory, brother! <laughs> Have yourself a great day. I'll talk to you soon. God bless yourself. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye now.